Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Caraway. I'm Lisa Pace. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's an Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law, and I can say it again, even though it's false. Uh, joining me as always, DJ Mark. What's up? Also joining the more reliable co-host right now, <laughs> Lavender Gooms. First of all, just want to say, very happy to have you back, Mark. Thank you. Glad yeah. to be back. But more importantly, I wish you all a happy National Joe Day. Just any old Joe? Not just any old Joe. All right. Um, wish a happy National Joe Day to Joe and all his variations. Joe, Joe with a J-O, Joey, Joseph, Josephine. You know, the father of God. It. Don't forget, I mean, Joette, give credit. Let's give credit Jody. to the Father of God. <laughs> Yo, can you stop trampling on my bit? God jo- damn it. Jody is not part of Joe, but go ahead. All right. Anyway, Jody, Johanna, Jody. This is one, this is a Jody with a J-O-D-I-E, all right? Different variations of the name, all right? JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Joe Mama, all the Joes. All right. There you go. A happy Joe day <laughs> in all that entails. Yes. Um, all right, boys. Got a full we've got a full team here today and no UFC card to predict. Them's the way it goes. But we're going to talk about um, Mike, were you when we talked last week? Did you I'm just cutting in for a second? I'm interrupting myself. When we were talking last week, you were on board with thinking you thought Cheeto Vera was going to win, too. I know we didn't make official predictions, but I know I was like. I mean, the 30 bucks I lost will tell you, I definitely thought Cheeto Vera was going to win. Um, I, I mean, I think I was. Yeah. Marcus, what did you think? Like, did you, I mean, going into it, did you think like, were you, I know you're, you're, you're a big Corey Sandhagen guy. I mean, we all are. He's a very good fighter, but were you leaning Cheeto just out of curiosity? Uh, probably, you know, I hadn't really given it a lot of thought, but I mean, the momentum was definitely in his direction, right? He had all the momentum. Corey had been struggling really needed a win but you know we saw some wrinkles with Vera in this one that you know i think kind of exposed maybe some of the good nature will we gave him we can get into that in a second if yeah. you want so yeah we're going to talk about that how uh, well i was definitely wrong um but yeah about the Cheeto Vera Marlon Vera a Cheeto Vera um Corey Sandhagen fight and Corey Sandhagen's great cheesy ass post fight call out which apparently we're ignoring um, despite the man's got big balls for who he called out, I feel. Um, we'll talk about that. We're going to talk about some big news this week. A lot of it, mostly, well, really entirely Bellator because I just, the Dana White lied to us about why Colby Kivington Covington getting a title shot tour is, I've already, I already have no patience for it. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm putting my tinfoil hat on for a second. I think it was something to do with the Masvidal case. Some sort of deal was struck personally. Because my man literally went out there yesterday and said, yeah, we were going to do Usman versus Covington 3 next. And everybody's just like, no, no, you weren't. They, they would have 
they would have removed your promoter's license with this weight class <laughs> to do that fight. Um, talk about um, Bellator making some big moves, big fight announcements. Um, we have a little fight we're going to induct into the um, fights we like based on a recent Hall of Fame announcement from this past weekend. And then um, talk a little bit. We've been delaying it for a while. Uh, we're going to talk about and stuff we like. We're definitely going to talk about um, Last of Us, our feelings in the whole season, um, and where we think it's going to go from. Well, I guess that part's not necessary. Two of these people played the next game. Um, but, you know, what we thought about this season. And a uh, little half-ass WrestleMania preview. I say half-ass because I can't speak for Mike necessarily, but I have been following exactly one story on WWE television, and it's in almost entirely through social media. So I got a lot to say about Sammy and Kev versus the Usos, Mike, but after that, it's a little <laughs> it's a little bare bones, my uh, my knowledge of what was happening there. But Marcus, Chito mm-hmm. Vera. Yeah. We all knew he's a slow starter. That was literally, we all talk, everybody talks about it. Like, he's a slow starter. He's going to win this fight. It's going to be in rounds three, four, and five. Felt like a lot of the fight, he's like, all right, man, I'm waiting for Corey to give me that opening. And then Corey's like, I'm, I'm just going to hit this motherfucker for 25 straight minutes um, and not give him the chance. Um, what did you think of Mr. Sandhagen's, quite frankly, just excellent performance? Yeah, I mean, in retrospect, it's kind of what we should have expected. I think Marlon, especially with the uh, Cruz fight, has really garnered a lot of favorable praise for me in giving him the benefit of the doubt that like he can pull it out of the fire. You know, it, that finish reminded me a lot of uh, Leon Edwards and Usman too, right? Where it seemed like didn't really have a chance, wasn't really in the fight. And then, you know, with one big head kick, turned it all around. So throughout this entire fight, much like the coaches in the corner, I was giving him the benefit of the doubt. Like, okay, I'm not going to count him out. Like he's losing these rounds. He's getting outworked. He's not putting, you know, enough pressure forward. He's not putting enough output to, for me to feel like these rounds are competitive. Uh, but I mean, to his case, and I think the thing that I've learned the most watching his fights, and I think it still holds true in this fight is like, this dude cannot be hurt. I don't remember. I don't think at any point in this fight did he actually look like he got staggered or hurt at all. I actually don't recall. Marlon, but yeah, yeah. I know. I think nobody thought there was a, you know one no, not at all. I think two, no one really thought there was any chance of him actually losing by this stoppage. I think that the general way sure. He but my, my point being, like my my biggest takeaway is that like I, I will not count him out. Although like this performance makes me question that more because I I kind of give him the Derek Lewis benefit of the doubt. Like he has a lot of power. He can find the traps. He can finish a fight where I feel like he's ultimately going to lose. And I learned that in the Cruz fight. What I learned earlier on is like this guy is like his biggest pro in all his fights. Like he does not get hurt. He does not get deterred. Like he'll just eat punches. He doesn't get marked up and he doesn't seemingly get hurt. So Corey just had to put a lot of work on the sandbag uh, that night and just got the points. And that's pretty much what he did. You know, I think, you know, throughout the card, there was a lot of questionable judging going on uh, Marlin getting any of the any of the judges scorecards I think was very, highly questionable um, but outside of that it was a very good performance by Corey it's exactly what he needed he needed to get back in the win column however he did it um, you know going a decision and kind of you know piecing up his opponent is not bad now he did get hit a couple times I think Marlin I don't know if it was the third or the fourth did get him with a nice, I think it was like a left straight or a right straight. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that seemed to, to shake him up a little bit, but didn't do it. Corey got a good, chin. Corey got a good chin, too. I don't think I've, I think the times I've seen Corey lose, Aljo just choked him like immediately. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that that fight? Like, that yeah. was the one I and remember. The TJ even. fight was a war. A lot of these. I thought he beat TJ. Fights. 
I thought yeah. the I thought the Yon one he probably lost, but it was so close that I was like, I don't, mm-hmm. you know. Mike, um, do you think we came out of this being like, okay, Marlon Vera can't contend for a fight, a, a title, or just this opponent had figured him out pretty well because already Cheeto Vera said he called that Peter Yon. Which I think that's yeah, no, what, which, I, which I think is I don't think, fucking wild, but awesome too. By the way, <laughs> I don't think so at all. Um, I don't think this means that Cheeto Vera isn't a contender. Mm. Um, I think this was just a matter of two things. I think Sandhagen had a very good game plan, and then I think the bugaboo for Cheeto Vera kind of hit him again, where he starts off very slow and doesn't normally pick it up until later in the fight. Um, I think he had very good moments in the fifth round. Uh, his issue is that the moments he had in the fifth round, if he can actually consistently put it together where he's having those moments much sooner in the fight, this could have been a different situation. Um, so no, I don't think he can't be a contender. He has all the tools. It's just about putting it all together. And, but, before any of that, you do got to give the credit to Sanhagen. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of this may be more just what about Sanhagen did right, right? Because yeah. a lot of people had an opportunity to beat this man, and he's been on a four-fight streak where he's just been, I mean, there's only two finishes, but there's other fights. People did not come out of Marlon Vera fights looking good, you know, in the face area. Um, and him and Peter Yan, quite frankly, I don't think either one of them should fight take that fight necessarily right now i don't know i mark part of me is just like maybe more with yon where i'm like yon's gotta just beat somebody and it needs to mm-hmm. like look good doing it you know what i mean like, i think the only fight peter has won recently was it the Corey one was I that because so. yeah, i mean we got the interim belt back yeah and that one was so like and i mean like like clockwork man every time this dude loses is just excuse city, you know, and like I yes, maybe he really. I mean, I'm, I don't doubt that he was hurt. He's fought hurt. Everybody's hurt, so I don't doubt that. But he's lost four or five, and yeah. I'm not. I'm the not, stock's not, gone down significantly on Peter Yan, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm not saying you know? I definitely think Cheeto puts him out or anything, but I think he can't afford another loss. And you like, mm-hmm. you can't go down. You fight maybe not fight a top five guy this time. You know, let's get him like, I don't know who's in the back half of thirty five. You know, on the thought of thirty, no, potentially, but I could easily see them doing it because they they both need wins. I mean, I think he, obviously Peter is on a longer streak uh. of losing where he does need a really big performance to kind of get him back in there. Um, but for me, like this, this did, did bring uh, Vera's stock down quite a bit. Mm. Um, it wasn't just that he lost to Corey because I think just losing to Corey isn't enough to write somebody off. But I, I, th- I thought it was a very poor performance, right? It, it just seemed like he needed to do more and just seemed like he thought that shot was going to materialize, that he would find that that Dominic Cruz like moment where he was going to be able to land that big shot and finish the fight and never really pressed or tried to, to mater- make it materialize. And kind of let the do, do you think he believed his hype a little bit? Not by me, but I'm not saying he was arrogant and didn't trade. But like, do you think he eventually he was kind of like, I'm on fucking fire. I'm, I'm going to just take care of this. Like, it doesn't matter what this motherfucker is going to do to me. I'm just going to find be. a way. And, you know? and I think the corner was very reluctant. Not reluctant, just being very like, okay, it's time to go. You know, you yeah, Jason Perillo should have fucking grabbed him and been like, let's time to like earlier. Because I think like, 
I don't think I it wasn't like I wasn't like in the first round I was sitting there like, oh, you know, this is going to be fine. You know, because I know, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, I'm mean, going to bet on a guy I'm rooting for him. I'm you know, like that. But I was like thinking, I'm just like, nothing about this doesn't make me think this can go on for another. Like, I thought every part of this could just happen for the next 20 minutes. You know what right. I mean? I was just like, this is a good enough fighter. And like, I think, I think by the third round, Jason Perillo was chilling. He, he was trying Chito, to, like, hey, like, you need to bite down on your, I think his exact words, you need to bite down on your mouthpiece and go. Yeah. Yeah. It just, I, it, it could just be his charisma or his take. Uh, you know the the way he communicates like I didn't feel that urgency right like because you're right Mike he was telling them like okay it's you know we're getting into the later rounds right like you're not at this point you're not going to win a decision so you have to go for finisher big damage and I think he was expressing that but it just didn't to me have that urgency and again when you look at like a Leon Edwards and Usman too with the, the, the pull it out of the fire you know like there's so much Man, don't you want to be in a highlight video Jason god damn I mean come on now. yeah it, it really just seemed like he was like, you know, he was, yeah, I, I mean, think he was trying to motivate his fighter, but it just wasn't getting across. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's interesting. Cheeto looked like he wasn't, he had a bad performance. It wasn't just like, I mean, Corey yeah. did great, but it wasn't like I thought Cheeto fought his best. And like, this is like, we've seen A plus Cheeto here. It's like, no, I've seen this guy like cut corner, cut angles better and get, you know, his shots in. And like, you know, he was loading up in this one a bit. And, uh, you know, Jason, quite, I mean, like the big turn in, uh, you know, not that I think we were really criticizing Perillo in general, but like the big turn for, uh, Cheeto Vera, I mean, you can just line it up with his switching from Timo Yama to joining Perillo's team. Mm-hmm. Like, that's literally where the four-fight win streak started. It was, like, that thing. So, they've done good work together. But, yeah, they, I mean, I don't know. It seemed like there's not a good night at the office for Cheeto. Yeah. And, again, I don't know. Maybe, he. I mean, do you think he, I mean, like, right now, do I think he beats Cheeto, uh, Peter Yan? And I'm like, fuck, man, I think so. I think Peter Yan's going to find a way to lose any fight at this point. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. But that'd be a good one if they do want to do it. I just don't necessarily think Peter Yan should want to fight a guy like that necessarily. But again, maybe he thinks he goes and you know puts him down and he's immediately a title contender again. So um, Corey Sandy can call that Marab, Marcus. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure you were able to see Marab's last fight with Yan. Mm-hmm. Do that? Was that before? Yeah, I think. Uh, I might have missed that show, but I did see Yeah, so that was when we learned Marab could probably fight for 30 rounds straight. Where he just attempted more takedowns than any human being has ever taken attempted in a fight, and threw it was an such insane... a better performance than Aldo. The Aldo one left such a bad taste. Yeah, in I don't know what this is really the performance he needed to kind of show everyone. I mean, again, I, I'm sure you guys talked about it to, to show everyone what exactly that like he's a title contender that won't fight for the title and is just kind of gumming up the works. He's gonna wait for Sterling to vacate the belt before he goes forward. It's like it, it always sucks when you have teammates that are in this position where it's like you want them to fight each other. They have literally no interest whatsoever in fighting each other. So you, you just have a really strong guardian who's going to kill contenders. And it's you you like, got to well, just hope point? that like Aljo and him have the relationship where Aljo says, hey, I'm going up. Like I'm going up after this. I don't think he's going up before he fights O'Malley. So I think it's this fight. Like he's going to fight in May and he's going to fight him again in like whatever. Because that's too yeah. much money, I think he thinks, to pass that O'Malley fight up. So... Yeah, but if like it's one of those things like if Sterling really wants to go up and it just works out, that's great. But it's also kind of like, all right, you're going to jeopardize your career and your legacy for not like, you know, because right now he's top dog, you know, and it's seemingly he can probably, you know, defend this belt for a while and really build on that. Going up weight classes just puts a lot of curveballs in that, making it difficult for him, you know, and then I'm like, what happens if he goes up? Because he goes up and he fights what? Um 
Alexander. Well, we were talking about this. Mike and I were talking about this. Is he not going to take the belt with him to make a champ? Like the whole lo- your entire leverage here is being a champ, champ, champ versus champ. Yeah, yeah. that's the whole thing. But, I mean, like, honestly, you know, you know, I haven't been the big Sterling fan, but like, okay, let's say he goes up to forty-five. I think he loses to Alexander, right? I, I think everybody's think losing to Alexander, but I think that's not going to be right. close. <laughs> so then, when then what does he come back? He comes back at one thirty-five and. His stock's diminished, and he's still going to defend the belt. And what is he just think he can't make the cut anymore? Like, how old's Aljo? Is he older than us? Yeah, for me, it's really like, yeah, if he cannot do 135 anymore, or he has no, you know, desire to, then it kind of works out and it's fine. I would just hate for him to feel like he needs to make a drastic change to his career when he finally gets the belt because a teammate is there. Marcus, who who does he have to beat in the weight class still, realistically? In 35. He's got to be. I mean, that's a good you, He beat. Because he, he made him fight so many guys to get the title. Like, there's guys like that mm-hmm. where, like, same with, like, Leon, where they had to fight every motherfucker before they would give him a title shot, right? Yeah. Um, O'Malley. I mean, it seems like maybe, yeah, he fights O'Malley. O'Malley and. and um, you, could, you could close the book, I guess. Cheeto would be the other one. And Cheeto just lost. Mm-hmm. And Tommy wins away as yeah. Cheeto now, you know? Like, there's always somebody. But mm-hmm. yeah. him and Marab would be sick. Marab is awesome. Yeah. I, like, I, because I, I'd, I, like, I remember, like, you weren't. As familiar with him, and I knew him a little bit more. And I knew that yeah, the Aldo fight was a bad fight for him. Like he did not look good. Mm-hmm. He looked, I mean, not bad, and like I didn't know going in. I thought he'd do better than that, but he just looked tired, weirdly enough, against Aldo. Like, so he had difficulty. I don't know. He mm-hmm. had difficulty getting Yon down too, but he was, you know, the energy didn't stop. So um he jumped into the crowd, by the way. Someone was shit talking Yon. Not Yon, uh Marab. Uh, do you guys see this? Well, he was like he was uh, some fan, crowd, some fan was yelling, "You got to stop ducking Aljo!" And like, uh, Marab climbed. It was like the, you know, before they go in the tunnel, they have like the seats above. Sure, he climbed deck seats to chase something? the guy to, 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 to go after the crowd. The crowd. So Marab's crazy. Um, just by the by, um, just crazy. Yeah, we'll see what comes of that. And uh, Corey though, big balls, counting out Marab. Marab's gonna fight allegedly Umar Nurmagomedov. Um, they wanted to do it in okay. May, but I guess um, Marab needs a little surgery. He said he can't fight till like they want to do it in July now. I would like to see Marab versus Corey Zandhagen, actually instead. Not that I don't sure. think um, I don't yeah. think I think Why Umar not? would be fun fight a good fight, but I really want to see Corey Sandhagen fight Mike. Just the idea of that level, like they both have such good gas tanks. Marab versus Corey Sandhagen, where they're trying to do two, two totally different things. I think it'd be a really cool fight. Just they should do well, that. Well, if Marab doesn't fight, doesn't want to fight the champion, I mean, you might as well make this fight for him, right? We should make Sean O'Malley fight him. There's a better chance of me getting to fight Sean O'Malley than Marab, I think. The UFC's <laughs> not laying Marab near Sean O'Malley. Um, other fights on this, uh, on the thing, it wasn't the most eventful thing, but Holly Holm signed a new, like, four fight or six fight deal with the UFC? Was it four or Jesus. six, they said? And um, I guess her and Yana Santos were former training partners. I thought Holly looked good. I mean, I, at no point, at any point, at no point did I think there was any chance this fight was going to get finished. To be clear, mm-hmm. Mark, I yeah. think you probably say, "Babe, you're like, it's not, not, this is going to decision." You're going to go ahead and write that down. Um, but I thought she looked good in the process, and you know, I just Holly's not terribly active, so she wants to make one last push in a weight class that is. The more you think about, there's like no one to fight at 135 right now. Like, there's no contenders. Well, I mean, she's constantly a contender. 
right? Yeah. Like, I don't think her rank ever goes past five, regardless of how she does, seemingly. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, one more push. She just signed a six-fight contract. I could easily see three title fights in those six fights, but yeah, we'll see. By the way, constantly contender. They asked Dana White. They're like, well, Dana White's like, why wouldn't he get a title shot? He asked the press. And people are like, he hasn't fucking fought in a year and a half. And he's like, well, that's because he got jumped and injured. So what? So fucking what? I'm sorry. This is not about this. Um, Nate Landwehr, big win, Mark. Big win. People like this guy. He fights exciting fights. Uh, yeah. I don't think this fight was quite as, like, barn burner yeah. as some of his other ones, but he got the win, right? I mean, and that's what he kind of needs to do to continue on with the momentum that he has. But, like, yeah, it was, wasn't, like, his most exciting performance, but the guy always comes out to fight, and, and it was a fun fight. I did not love Macy Barber's performance here, but I do still think – I thought she won, but it was very close. Um, I don't even think she won, really. It was so I mean, close, I, Mark. I, I, I was fine with that. It, yeah. Let me tell you, as a guy who had money on the fight, I was just like, God, please, come on. Let's not blow this up right now. Um, I, I was I was surprised when she got the nod. Um, and it was mostly just because, like, and again, like. Well, they the kept talking criteria. about control, right? Sorry. They kept talking about control. And I'm just like, that means nothing in this, in judging. True, <laughs> right? And that, that, that's kind of where you can be like, okay, like, because I think, I don't know if it was round two or three. Like, Macy clocked her good. Mm -hmm. Like, she got a good strike in. But. It was really these grappling exchanges where Angela Lee was just like so much better. She was just like naturally stronger and just more like astute on how to like use your body to grapple and control somebody. And it, it's it's a little deterring because Macy's been spending a lot of time at Alpha Male. She's been kind of adopting this strong clinch style, which she's utilizing a lot of her fights to to get um, you know a judge's decision. And in this fight, like it didn't really seem to work, but. You know, she had some good shots in there. She was able to squeak, a, uh, squeak away with the decision. So, you know, good on her. But, yeah, very close call. I yeah. Think. Macy Barber, who is uh, now on a she's, – she's strung some together now, man. I mean, no, that was a split. Again, I, th I thought she's looked better in recent fights than this one. She's Yeah, she was in more control yeah, in the other uh, fight. She was a little out of control. But four straight time. wins after – I mean, that loss to Alexa Grasso, I remember at the time, was her first fight back from the injury. And it right. didn't look so great at the time because Alexa wasn't – Herself, yeah, the world awesome wasn't moment. the champion. Wasn't like the champion. Else, um, so Macy Barber on a four-fight win streak. Andrea Lee um, on a two-fight losing streak and a two-boyfriend as a Nazi streak still. So we're not sure about the mm. that there's a new one Tough who's stats. not a Nazi, but there's two in a row who definitely were, which, you know, definitely means she does not agree with that, though. We know, right? She's not that kind of person. Just two in a row. Um and uh, I don't think there's anything else really on this card that was that. I mean, I thought uh, Chidi and Jakowani and Albert Dureyev was a very hard one to pick, too, at the end. Who won that one? Um, mm -hmm. That felt like it was a stupid-ass fight to make, I thought. Because I'm just like, Chidi's a striker. Albert's a grappler. What are we just... Why? Like, fuck. Chidi's not going to be world champion. Fucking let's, I, when a guy's like 34, Mark, and he's not going to be a champion... And what, like, we just, this other guy's not going to be probably anything either. Like, why don't we just, like, I don't know. Feels like nobody did any research is what I'm getting at. Like, why don't we have, like, put a fight we actually be interested in watching? You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like, it's somebody like, yeah. again, we're not building a contender here. He's Anthony Njikawani's kid brother who's also a good kickboxer. Let's see him throw some fucking hands. But um, UFC's not back next week. UFC's back in two weeks with the... UFC 287, Pajeda versus Adesanya 2 slash 4. No, slash 4 fight. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
with in Miami with the co-main of Burns and Masvidal. Uh, they know UFC uh, not trying to step on Vince's weekend because it's WrestleMania weekend. Um, I guess some news is in order now. Um, I love this, Mike. Pitbull, Patricio Pitbull of Bellator, the greatest fighter in Bellator history by everybody's measurement, the current 145-pound uh, champion, a man who previously held the 155-pound championship and vacated it literally because he's like, I think my brother should go try to win that. It just didn't work out that well. He didn't hold it very long. Um, is now saying, hey, I'm going to go to 135 and I want a title shot. And the current 135-pound champion, luck may have it, Sergio Pettis, uh, was too hurt to compete in the Grand Prix, which the Grand Prix is not done yet. They're going to crown themselves a interim champion slash turn, whatever. Patrick mm-hmm. Mix is going to fight somebody. I forgot. Like, oh, Dan- Raytheon Stotts is going to fight um, Patchy Mix. But in the meantime, Sergio Pettis, Mike, is going to co-main event Bellator in Chicago. Um, he's going to challenge for uh, Sergio. It's going to be Sergio Pettis versus Pitbull for the 135-pound title. First man, he mark it, Mike. He would be the first man in MMA history to win a championship in three different weight classes in a major promotion. Just would be would be pretty cool. Um, fight would be kind of in Sergio's backyard, considering he's from Milwaukee. That's true. Um, now, just to make sure, has in any major promotion has there ever been someone who's won three different titles we i don't think not i mean we're talking major promotions we're literally talking ufc pride wc pride strike force wc probably yeah you know but like i don't think so the closest only one i could ever think of anybody competing for one was and this is even like stretching the definition because vitor belfort was the light heavyweight champion of the ufc and he Mm -hmm. won a heavyweight tournament when there was no heavyweight champion though at the time it was just tournaments, right? So he won the Yeah, tur- I don't think they had a Yeah, belt, so he won like a, a tournament, but whatever. And they call it like a super fight yeah, belt. Exactly. Yeah. So again, we're stretching the definition. Because then he went and competed against he did fight for the middleweight title, right? I'm not imagining that. Didn't he fight He's, Anderson? Wasn't the front kick? That was middleweight. I don't want to talk about it. Of course that was middleweight. Yeah, yeah, he did fight. He got front kicked by Anderson. That's the only other one because he himself was trying to say, oh, I'm about to win my third world title. And everybody's like doing the math in their head on their hands, like one. Where's the second one, Vitor? Then he was like, "Oh, I was heavyweight champion." I've, this has never been done before. I mean, like we didn't have champ champs. The only champ champ we ever had before Connor was Hendo, when he was mm-hmm. one eight. He was the middleweight. Well, what they call it something else, but the middleweight and light heavyweight champion in Pride and fuck. One of those mm-hmm. titles was barely a fucking like he had like one defense. It barely existed that title, right? Like, the, no, I uh, think he beat Silva and then Pride folded. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I mean the other one, the hundred and eighty, the other one, the lesser one. One eighty five. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I think yeah. he defended like once, but like maybe they had a lot of non. Yeah, now we got Connor's done it. Those, Who's done it? Connor's now done two. DC. DC did two. Amanda is two right Henry. now. Henry. Did right. Henry have both? I thought so. He was no, he did. He went and got champion. it. He did. He went and beat. Uh, who the fuck was one hundred thirty five pound champion? It was Cruz, right? No, he didn't be. He beat. He already was the champion. He fought Cruz. He's beat Mighty Mouse. No, because TJ went down. So he beat. Yeah, he, he beat, beat Mighty then he went up, TJ and then went TJ down got stripped. Him. So then he had to but go. He went up. down for TJ. No, he TJ didn't... went down to one twenty-five, yeah. and then he right. then Henry after that fight went up to one thirty-five to fight someone for a vacant title. Dominic. Dominic. You sure? I'm pretty sure. Okay. I'm I really thought of somebody else, but I don't know who else it would be. 
Well, now I got to fucking look it up. He, by the way, is about to do it too. Worth by the by. That's true. Like he yeah. might do it first. We probably give him credit. Sterling. He's fighting in May. Yeah. Um, it was Moraes. Oh, then he really? beat, he, okay. beat, he beat. That was the one where Moraes cracked him immediately, and then like he came back because everybody eventually figured out with Moraes, you right. just got to survive this first fucking round. But we should get the man fucking credit here, Mike. He's about to. Here you go. This guy might do it first in May. When when's the Bellator card? Who's gonna do it first? I guess. I think the Bellator one's in June. Main event of that Bellator card, by the way, also announced Marcus Vadim Nemkov, who has a legitimate claim to being the best 205 pounder in the world, regardless of promotion. Sure. Taking on a guy probably shouldn't have a title shot, Yoel Romero. Um, yeah. That's the problem with Bellator, man. I think you. I think we were talking about it, Marcus, when we, I, know I said this last time, they got multiple champions you could say are the best in that weight class. They just don't have the depth, like the contenders for these guys, you know? Mm-hmm. Sure. That's a good fight. That's a good card. That's uh, Chicago, as Mike mentioned. Pretty close to um, – so I think it's a pr- it's pretty close drive even to Milwaukee. Yeah, I think it's like uh, two hours. Yeah, it's like an, I think it's – because I remember CM Punk when he was training in uh, Rufus Sport, he would say that like, oh, it's a quick trip, but I you know, I have an apartment there still and yada, yada, yada. But um, we'll see. I like Bellator actually doing stuff because I thought it was such bad news when Francis Ngannou said for Deontay Wilder probably next – but in MMA, he's talking to PFL and one. And I remember thinking, what a bad look for Bellator. That you're not even in the running right now for uh, the fucking lineal heavyweight champion of the world. Maybe they just couldn't afford it. I mean, that part, I wonder that, Mike, because they are allegedly for sale. So you got to, you know. And as you've mentioned before, I think it's the owner of one. You're pretty sure he's running a money laundering operation. Yeah. So I'll say what it. better he is. way to do allegedly. that than uh, I'm not trying you know, to get Brett Francis and Ghanu. I'm not trying to get Brett Favre McAfee here, man. Allegedly, I wonder about the contracts too. You know, sprinkle, PFL. sprinkle some allegedly's. Yeah. <laughs> BFL seems like with the super fight pay per view that they'd be very interested in having a big star like him. And I wonder if there's any appeal with one being like, yeah, sign with us. We'll. Put boxing. Well, he, it seems like he doesn't want to do like. I think the boxing thing works with Deontay because I think Deontay's got no promoter right now. Also, mm-hmm. like Deontay's free. Also, they showed Deontay. Did any of you guys? Either of you guys watch Benavidez versus Plant? I uh, saw highlights of it. Um, that was a really good. That was really a really good time watching that. Um, mm-hmm. Made me a little nervous for a while there because Benavidez is supposed to be the most active fighter in the fucking world and he's throwing not enough strikes. He started but, slow. Yeah, Deontay though was. Um, in the crowd, and he got the biggest. Like it was, it was a good card. All the all everybody in the crowd they showed was a boxer. Like Floyd was there, Deontay was there, and sure, a couple of um, Jamal Charlo was there. But anyway, like Deontay's still a big fucking deal. Like Deontay and Francis would sell. I would actually of all the boxing fights too. That sounds like the one I'd be most interested to see him fight. Right, like let's Mike, let's be honest here. I mean, he's probably going to sleep, but someone's definitely going to sleep. Probably Francis, but someone's definitely going to sleep. <laughs> Francis is like, you know, I don't mind losing some brain cells as long as I get like ten million dollars out of this, because that's what's gonna happen if he fights Deontay. Well, I think he wants to Deontay, box. Deontay is not a fundamental boxer by any stretch of the imagination, but that man has Jesus in that fist. They um well also what's it called went up in smoke this past week too, Tyson Fury and um Alexander U- Usyk went oh, up really? in smoke. Yeah, well apparently. Well, apparently it was going to be, this is just boxing talk now, but you know, you watch and listen enough of morning combat, you start learning boxing news. So they, Fran, uh, Tyson got Usyk to agree to a 70-30 split 
Woof. Okay. Which, in fairness, the guy carrying the buys is sure. 100% him. But then, well, Usyk's like, well, I want a rematch clause. Which right, I, yeah. Side note, I fucking hate this shit. Just personally. Um, but, then, but then France, but then uh, Tyson also said, oh, no, it also has to be 70-30 on the rematch clause. On the rematch. Okay. Mm. okay. If he beats Tyson Fury, yeah, he probably, like. I, that, 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 that's probably exactly what I was thinking. He's like, well, maybe he'll take 70-30 with the thought like, well, I think I can beat this guy. And once I beat him and now everyone knows that I'm top dog and they want to see us fight again, then we do maybe 50-50. Yeah. Um, I, c- I could see how that would be appealing for him, but I think if it comes back, like, nah, you're still getting 30, I, uh, dog. It's like, well, what's the point? And then Francis, and then uh, Tyson cut some video where he just called him a bunch of words. And I really feel at all times Tyson Fury is just on the verge of saying, like, a just some sort of slur. <laughs> yeah. He it's seems like he's canceled. on the verge of saying a slur so often. You know what else is like that? Patty the Batty. Patty the Batty seems mm-hmm. like, well, he also did a little bit with Taporia. But, like, I just feel like, by the way, my man uh, Patty... Let me finish my thought. I only bring that up because I'm saying Tyson might be an option now again for Francis if he's nothing. Patty, Patty also called Ariel a rat, but I felt like there was some. No, that was also that. There, there yeah. was some deep seated mm-hmm. like racial stuff you don't call, there. You, you don't call it. Yeah, you don't do that. Uh, and, and as we also talked about before, just one more. Um, I have no reason to believe this or no reason to think this. Allegedly, allegedly, Bar- Barbara Vittori. Definitely looks like someone who says the N-word with the hard R. I'm just, I mean, since we're just making accusations, the guy from Italy like is not going to be the one I defend. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you seen a crowd in Italy? They're still doing fucking, <laughs> they're still throwing up the fucking Nazi salutes in Italy soccer games, man. He uh, definitely, allegedly, looks like he throws bananas at the black soccer players. Yeah, that's he was the thing. A- Mike's reading a couple allegedly. news articles. Allegedly. Uh, <laughs> This has been the podcast, by the way, Mark, the past couple of weeks. Mike and I just going just off the rail entirely. That's fine. Um, that's fine. What was I saying about um, – I lost my chance. I was, saying, when I was transitioning off the goddamn Fury talk. I lost it already. I don't know. I'm sorry. I know. I had something too, Mike. And I brought it back to Fury. Then we just lost it entirely. Um, anyway. Um, how do we even get there? So, yeah. Uh, Bellator we being – Bellator. Yeah, Bellator Francis. being – and uh, I think we're talking about Francis, and you segued from there. Yeah. By the way, if they were gonna, if we were gonna cut a dual deal, Showtime really seemed like the place for that, because they are the boxing channel, and they got the number two, right? Yeah. Depending on which who you ask, MMA promotion out there. Um, yeah. We'll see. Um, we'll see. Whatever Francis wants to do, man. I hope. I uh, just you know. Sometimes I wonder if he just seems too nice for this business of scumbags. Just wonder sometimes. Um, all right, and any other news? Uh, other news we saw. Um, I think really it's just time to talk about the fight circus. I mean, I think that's sure. I think that's what we're talking <laughs> about, guys. Fight circus six is taking place April first. We have confirmation April first is Saturday or Friday. It is Saturday. Fuck. All right, competing with WrestleMania. Is Fight Circus 6, headlined by a Siamese boxing match between Sloppy Balboa, the team of Woody and John Nutt, who John Nutt, I believe, is also the owner of this company, taking on Rampage Jackson and Bob Sapp, otherwise known as Tupalo Ram Sapp Creed. Siamese boxing is where you 
wear one large shirt, basically. <laughs> kind of like you could each each you you you're, you're you're tethered together. You can only it's like a you know the one the three legged race type thing, man. Okay, you can only use one of your own appendages. Basically, is what I'm getting at here. Um, Rampage, nice of Rampage to put weight on so he can match Bob Sapp in size, and you know the shirt would fit properly. It's definitely what we're doing here, Mark. Um, this is this whole card is just. I'm a big fan of blindfolded lucha muay thai. That just I have so many questions, but what what makes it lucha the muay thai? Um, quite frankly, if it's muay thai, I feel the muay thai gloves are going to limit the amount of lucha stuff you can even do. This is what you get when there's no athletic commission, huh? Just the white collar brawl for a bike. Mike, do you think they're fighting for an actual bicycle? I mean, why not? Um, you may have mentioned this. Where exactly are they fighting again? Thailand. Oh, yeah. Everything goes over there. Come on, bro. They're going to have a six-person musical chairs of doom, and where you finish in the musical chairs will determine who you are fighting and what type of fight you are in. Question. Yeah. In the musical chairs of doom, are you allowed to just, like, punch a motherfucker? kick people? Yeah, yeah like, front <laughs> kick people if you're both going for the chair. Like, like just straight-up Liu Kang flying kick to a motherfucker so you can get that last chair. I'm just looking up, because this is on Fight TV, how much it costs. Because, I'm going to be honest, there's a number in my head that I will... Because I don't think I'm going to find a stream for this one. Just being honest, I don't think this is the one that you find a stream for. There's a certain amount of money I'm willing to spend to watch this. What is uh, that number? 25? What's the contend? 10 bucks. <laughs> as, okay. It's 10 they got me. They, 10 bucks, I think I'm in. Okay. $10 is the right 10 price. Bucks, I think they got me. The background picture is Rampage Jackson and Bob Sapp wearing Apollo's Coming to America fucking whole outfit. Apollo Creed's whole gear. Whole whole thing. Yeah. yeah. The, 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 does Rampage Jackson need money that badly? Like, what's what the hell is this? I don't think Rampage necessarily needs money. Like, I don't think he's going to be destitute. But if you told me Rampage didn't do an A-plus job saving money, and when oh, it's yeah. the same guy who told us who said he did the – I don't know if this is true. He said he did the A-team movie. He said he instead of getting paid, you can just give me the van. <laughs> it's that guy, <laughs> which he's got the fucking van. It's a cool van. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, for all we know, it's why he got the part. He's <laughs> like, Bob look, Sapp's we could get Denzel. 50, right? <laughs> Bob Sapp's got to be 50. Because Quentin's 40-something. Bob Sapp got to be 50. Sure. Like, I mean, I would question, like, is anyone getting paid on this card? Is this on the up and like up? And any? Well, they've done five other fight circuses is what I'm learning. So I, I, I think you might get any, you know, a nice maybe coach trip to Thailand and they, they uh, you know, I, get you a hotel room. And that might be kind of it. I, I feel know. I feel if you're Rampage's manager, um, you get the money up front before he steps out into the ring. This is, and people, I'm going to need you to look this up yourselves because I'm sending in the group chat here. This is a top five all-time MMA fight poster. Okay? This is a top five all-time. Okay? Because <laughs> <laughs> these dudes are, for no reason, there's an explosion happening in the background of this fight poster. Right? Uh, is that uh, is that like a ice cream truck that's on fire I'm seeing? It, it does like look right to under me. Bob Sapp? It does look like that. And there's also, it looks like a convertible in the explosion that's not 
on fire or anything. It just looks like it has been propelled into the air by the explosion, and it is just going off. Like, this is the like about to take off. That, that's not an ice cream truck. It's one of those in Thailand. Those like tut tut. Those little like uh, motorcycle taxis. That's definitely. Oh, what that okay. Is. Got it. I also okay. like it's so clear. Obviously, they just like photoshopped this clothes on Quentin and Bob Sapp. <laughs> like they obviously went there and did press. You showed me a stupid video where they're walking around in their little Siamese shirt. Like they couldn't do an actual photo shoot for this. They're like, no, let's just we'll get a Photoshop. I, I know my my my, uh, my kid's uh, friend Mikey. He knows he's got Photoshop. He can throw on. Oh, some you guys notice at the bottom it says "Witnesses Live at the Illusion Nightclub." So oh boy, this, it's not even a. Okay. This is right off. This is like, whew, this is like. I, I mean, look, they they know what they are. They're calling it fight service. Yeah, I got ten bucks for them. I would be like, there's no way I'm gonna convince my girlfriend so to watch this. You're gonna I'll watch. You're no. gonna watch this as opposed to WrestleMania Night One. Okay, first of all, I feel there's little chance I can convince my girlfriend to watch this. Just very little chance. She's fairly invested in the KO and Sammy versus the Uso story, so I think that's going to be what I'm watching instead. Okay? That's probably what's going to happen. Um, also on this card, by the way, this card happened this past weekend, uh, which was in front of people in San Antonio. It's great to have a crowd. Uh, mm-hmm. Sounds like they're going to keep trying to do that more often. You know, put it in front of people. Um, Tim Duncan was there. David Robinson was there. Uh, those are San Antonio Spurs legends for those people who don't give two shits about basketball. Um they also announced another inductee into the Hall of Fame. Um, Donald Cowboy Cerrone, man who's fought like a lot of fights for the UFC. It's include, if you count WEC, mm-hmm. even more fucking fights. Um, multiple time title contender? At least once. At least once, because Dosanio's beat, uh, I think, I remember Dosanio's beat his ass. I don't know if there was another title shot after that. Do you guys remember? Um, not for the really UFC know. title, no. Yeah, he did do WEC. Um, yeah, Mark, he, he lost to Bendo twice. He lost to Bendo twice in WEC. I think he also had that fight with Jamie Varner where he got DQ'd or something happened or Jamie. I don't know. That was a weird one. Anyway, um, he's going to the Hall of Fame, which Mike, the Hall of Fame is really just what? The Hall of Are You Dana White's Boy? There we go. Um, putting that aside, we do have a fight to induct into stuff we like because while he seems to be a generally reprehensible human being based on actions in his personal life many times, mm. reprehens- reprehensible might be strong. Doesn't seem like an A-plus kind of guy, though, Donald Cerrone. Um, he has given us so much entertainment inside the cage um, and respect is due um, in that regard. Um, Jesus, there's so many fights under WEC and UFC banner. Yeah, like assuming, like I don't know when they bought the WEC, but his eighth pro fight was with the WEC, and from that point right. forward, uh, yeah, bought it around what twenty ten? Because I think we were still in law school when no, they had the it. They owned it for now. a while though. Before that, there's that too. Oh. Anyway, we're putting a fight into the fights we like. Uh, Mar- Mike, you're going to put it in this week. What do we got? What what from Cerrone are we putting into fights we like? Yeah, uh, first though, I thought up a better name uh, for the. Un- better alternate name for the Hall of Fame. Okay. The Hall of uh, Dana White Power. Okay. There we go. Okay. No. When I when I kept calling it the White Power. Wait, 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 wait. Hall of Dana White Privilege. There we go. I just want to say when uh, I went when they were announcing the um the fight 
the power slap thing where I kept saying it. Why are they calling it the white power slap league? You felt it was a stretch at the time, Mike. You felt it was a stretch. Just saying. We've come around. Were there any this. black dudes in that slap league? I, I never watched an episode. Just just asking. Uh, I'm trying to think. Because it would come on after Dynamite. I see the like, first minute of it sometimes. I want to. I don't think the I don't think the stupidity of uh, Power Slap League knows any limits to race or gender based on what I saw. Just everybody okay. was in there. That's good. Yeah. Nice was conclusive. Anyway, uh, so the fight that we are inducting comes from April nineteenth of almost a decade ago, uh, twenty fourteen, took place in Orlando, Florida. UFC on Fox for Doom versus Brown. It. Involved the aforementioned Donald Cerrone against Edson Barboza. Uh, Donald had been maybe two or three fights from his last loss um, against uh, from his first loss against uh, Rafael Dos Anjos. And he was right in the midst of starting to build up a win streak. He had won two in a row and he was fighting Edson Barboza, who in 2014 was still pretty potent contender he's always been an amazing striker but he was i think maybe if they had rankings would have been a a top five guy i i have to assume edson at the time well the fight starts and donald for as short as the fight was donald is getting tuned up Uh, donald is a great kickboxer in his own right but Edson what just had different levels for him and was giving him something fierce. And to be honest, out of nowhere, Edson is is advancing. And Donald, it seemed like, just kind of pawed out and laid out just a small little jab. It looked like it had no power behind it. Edson, uh, B- Donald was going backwards, so it's not like he had any weight behind the punch. But I guess it was just perfectly placed on Edson Barbosa's chin that from the smallest little touch, Edson just dropped and Donald was able to get the rear naked choke and able to preserve his still pretty new win streak, which eventually led to five more wins and uh, six more wins and then an eventual title shot against uh, Rafael Dos Anjos about a year later. So that's why I'm inducting this fight, just because of just how random this win amongst the, how many does Donald have? About 36, of the 36 wins Donald had, this had to have been one of the most random ones. That that card also had uh, Verdum beating Travis Brown's ass for 25 straight minutes doing a kip up when he was like pointed at the ground to like, look at this. And then he punched him in the face right after that too. That's yeah. cool. That was... That was peak Verdum. This fight was just Verdum well-trained. Let's go with that. <laughs> okay. Also, this was also Donald winning four fights in 2014. When he was just fighting, like it seemed, you know, once every two months. Yeah. And you got Mosfidal, like the eighth fight on the card, too, on this one. Um, all right. Um, I think we're already at stuff we like. Because I don't think we have much yeah. else that's actually going on. Moving efficient, baby. Yeah. I mean, without the fight circus, it might have been even a, a shorter podcast. But yeah, the only card this weekend is... A, well, there's a PFL card. It's not terrible, to be honest. But I don't know what they're doing trying to do this. 
to be honest, this weekend. But uh, Marlon Moraes versus Red Brendan Lockney is happening. And then Bellator's got a card where Kat Zingano is in the co-main against Leah McCourt. I thought she was fighting Cyborg, but whatever. Um, all right, we were going to talk about this um, a few weeks now, but we're all here now. Um, the Last of Us ended its nine, was it nine episodes? Nine episodes, <laughs> first season. Yeah. Um. I guess just go with impressions of seasons of, the, of a season as a whole. Um, both of these guys actually uh, played the game, so they got a different perspective of it, I think, than I did. Um, and I knew that the ending was of controversy in the game for years because I remember it was a thing, but I also never actually knew what the uh, what the controversy was. Um, but let's just have uh, Marcus lead this off here. What do you think of the series, man? So far, we're one up one season in. How do you think they did with? The first game, uh, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I I would say, in my opinion, I mean, I think an, an easy stamp to put on is it's easily the best video game adaptation to live action that anyone's ever done. I, I think that's that's a pretty easy statement to stay. Um, my next statement might be more hyperbole, uh, hyperbole, but like in my opinion, um, with the things that I've ingested i feel like this might be the best adaptation of any medium to another one that i've I've ever seen now i don't read a lot of books and obviously books get translated to movies quite often so there's probably some books that were translated to movies very well but when it comes to adapting um you know one story from one medium to another i can't think of many that i think really hit it out of the park as as good as last of us did it um, and they did they did the things that I think a lot of people that try to do adaptations say they want to do that they want to stay cl- close to the source material right they want to be genuine to the source material and try to re- represent that but also change it enough so that people who have experienced the original material are still they don't know exactly what's going to happen or how it's going to happen right and I think that's what the show does really well I think it's something that the the Walking Dead. I think tried to do and just veered off in crazy directions way too hard because the walking dead the first episode was one of my like they they stayed so true to the comic except they just expanded a side character story more and i loved it so much i was like this is exactly what i want this adaptation to be and then episode two they throw in a whole bunch of new characters and it just kind of just goes off off on its own but with the last of us the small adjustments they made I feel for the most part benefit the storytelling. The only one that was kind of like, oh, that was just for glitz and glamour is like in in the original game when they're first escaping, um, the game doesn't have this big plane crash into the city. That's just kind of like Hollywood extravaganza. Like, well, let's have like a bigger set piece than was in the game. Because in the game, it was just a car accident they got into. But like in this one, it's like a plane crashes in the middle of the city. But outside of that, what they really did was they expanded and explained certain stories um, that made better sense in a TV series than it did in a video game. Right? I think a lot of times where they like, especially with episode three, where you talk about, um, why am I forgetting his name? Joel? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, Nick Offerman? Nick Offerman's character, yeah. Was it t- Bill? I can't remember. Bill, yeah. That story like is a really small footnote in the game and you kind of learn at the end of that chapter like oh bill and this other guy 
were kind of lovers. You didn't really get that so much in the game. It was kind of just like you see this letter and you kind of piece together like, oh, I think there were more than just like colleagues or friends or bitter rivals or something like. And the show kind of expands upon that and makes it like this really beautiful thing. Um, and ultimately, like they hit all the same high notes that the game hits. Some things were a little different. I think the whole arc where um, I think they're in Philadelphia or Detroit with like the the second Raider group and it had that one lady that was kind of the leader. I felt like there was an episode Kansas City. Kansas City. Yeah, I felt like that one it it, it took me a while to kind of figure out like why does everyone trust this woman? Like she didn't really embody that type of like boss character where like everyone respects and fears her. The episode after they do kind of explain it and I think that that went, you know, a good ways into kind of like in my head came like okay, I can kind of buy into like why everyone's following her. Um, but overall, I just think they did a fantastic job. And the only thing I would say that I still give the game a little more kudos to is the ending sequence. And like the whole ending sequence, the thing that everyone talks about, Bobby, is it's just at the very end, right? Where Ellie asks, asks Joel, like, like, are you telling me the truth? Right. And he says yes. And I think it's a huge achievement for the game at that time back in like 08 that they were able to portray Ellie not saying anything. You can just read her face and you can tell like she kind of believes him, but she doesn't. Right. And that moment was really strong in the game. Cause I think it's you at that point, you didn't have a lot of like virtual performances that could that come across with that kind of acting nuance. And I think the show in that scene does it pretty well but for me and it could just be the impact of the game being more impactful than watching the show like i didn't feel like it quite hit the same note for me like i still felt the game impact hit me a little bit harder but it could just also be like different medium and they were pushing boundaries there and it was the first time in like a video acting performance that like a character didn't say anything it was just a very subtle nuances in their face that you read how they felt and I think that's more impressive than than an actor giving a performance like that. And I think Ramsey did a very good job in that scene. I think I still think that feeling came across. It just didn't quite hit me as hard as the game. But yeah, overall, I had high expectations for the adaptation, um, knowing very well that it, it could go a little sideways. Um, but I was really pleased with the things they changed. Kept me. I didn't feel like they were cheap. I think a lot of things were still earned and overall the story wasn't packed like you watch that show and you can go play the game now and you're gonna be like yeah there, there, there are things that are a little bit different there there are some side characters that you don't that aren't in the show that are in the game but like you get the feeling of the game and like that whole like experience i think comes across really well which i think is hard to do for these adaptations so i was very pleased with it season two is going to be insane Bobby, I don't know if they're going to follow the game as much because it's extremely divisive. Um, universally, everyone loved The Last of Us Part 1 when it came out. Everyone loved the story. The only complaint people had was like it seemed a little derivative of like The Road and other apocalyptic kind of stories that have been told before. And honestly, a lot of people were just like, oh, why don't you just make a movie, right? Like, I'm, you know, all your storytellings and cutscenes, why don't you just make a movie instead of making a game? Um, part 2, I, I honestly 
felt playing it as a video game was super impactful and totally hit home with me. I thought it was fantastic, but it was extremely divisive. And I wonder if they're going to be hesitant to tread that road again. Now that they know they have a hit show, I wonder if they're going to change it at all or stick to their guns and try to do another fateful adaptation. It'll be interesting to see how they, you know, when you're not on, um, when you're not beholden to advertisers as much, um, I think that doesn't help them make the decisions they do at HBO with some of their shows and able to do or not do something. Um, sorry, you guys got to coming in a little choppy for me for a moment there. Um, so yeah, I, um, someone who'd never played the game. I really enjoyed the show. I, uh, it's nice to have a big HBO show to watch, you know, it's just, it was, um, I haven't had, I mean, I like, I was, I was like, not always, but like, I like when I have one, it's like, you can like sink. It's like, feels like I'm, I mean, I feel like an adult watching the HBO show. <laughs> it's like really like nuanced shit happening in these shows. You know what I mean, guys? It's like, look, man, I saw, I told Mark this young Sheldon. I've been watching it. Not a bad show, but that shit's real surface level. There's no depth at all. Okay. <laughs> okay. The puddle you stepped in earlier, deeper than those should that show. Okay. But like, I like what the, you know, having a real like serious HBO show and like, even if the subject matter can be fantastical, like, you know, little fantasy here or there. Like, I thought for me before this, Watchmen is probably the last one for me to really, like, be like, this is my, like, I don't know if Game of Thrones, I mean, Game of Thrones ended when it ended. I'm not sure when that happened. But, like, Watchmen was a show like that for me. Um, the first season of, um, what was the McConaughey one? Fuck. True Detective. True Detective was another one yeah. like that. It, it felt like that type of show. It's the, their tent pole. Sunday night show has been a thing for them since The Sopranos. Like the big Sunday night show. Um, the Sunday night drama was really the thing that started there. So this was a worthy um, carrier of this torch. And I think it is. A, I mean, I think it was and is a worthy carrier of the torch. I thought they did so well with so many different things. Obviously, I don't think it was perfect. There were times where I felt... There's a lot of walking happening here. We didn't really do a lot this episode, but like still, I, th I thought it was overall, I really enjoyed it. Um, some of the stuff like the, I actually like the end, like I never played the game. So like the end scene where where, where uh, Ellie is like agreeing, like she's okay. I think she says okay is the line, right? Where she like, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I entirely read that as like, oh, she definitely knows he's lying. But that was just my interpretation of that, you know? But right. that's how I thought she played it. Like she like sold that very. Or like maybe she like not hundred percent, but she's like pretty sure he's not telling her the truth, and she's okay with it. Like she's fine with that he did that too. You know, um, I thought they look. I thought it looked good. Like I thought it looked good overall. Felt a lot of times when you got shows like this. Also, I'm spending a lot of time looking at the dark, and I don't think they forced me to do that as much with these shows. Um, I think when I think a lot of times they'll try to hide shit looking fake you know a lot of times for budget reasons by making it nighttime with show with shows or movies i mark i always go back to alien vs predator alien vs predator i remember was all excited sure. for and like the whole fucking thing was just like in the pitch black the whole time I'm like i can't see shit right can't see shit um i thought they did great man i thought it was a really interesting show and um there's a bunch of episodes where i'm just like oh, that's probably gonna piss off the shittier people in this country and this show doesn't seem to give a fuck because they know what their audience is, man. They don't, you know, this is HBO, man. You know what you're getting into. You're not surprised if, like, we got some, you know, we got, we got a, we got a, we got a female, all female love story happening here for a moment. You know, we got, we've got this stuff happening. Okay. This is what happens on this channel sometimes. 
All right. You can blame the fucking liberal it, elite. It's the thing that we do. So I don't think they're going to really bend over. point, though, it was one of those things where they – not I don't want to say get away with it, but it was authentic to the source material mm-hmm. because, like, they didn't they didn't change that story. They, don't, they, they didn't they Because I think it? a lot of times people – yeah, people get – yeah, people get all – up in arms when it's like oh they have an agenda right like they need to do this or that because like they're trying to push this agenda like a lot of that stuff was already in the game now they did kind of like change a little bit of joel's daughter like race a little bit she seemed mixed race in the show whereas in the mm. game they changed joel as well yeah yeah it's, it's true i mean but like that that stuff seemed minor so i feel like they got less pushback but there's always those people that just don't want to hear about you know different types of stories or seeing different ethnicities. But I think they stayed true to the source material and that cushioned the blow a little bit. Yeah, I mean, if you're not going to, like, do it, you're not going to add it. So, like, I mean, it doesn't feel forced, you know? I made a Velma joke, yeah. but the whole entire existence of Velma the show felt like we're just going to find a way to shove as much stuff as this as possible. Um, Mike, you're another game player here. Um, your girlfriend actually, you mentioned this, I think, earlier on. She uh, started playing the game. Because of the show, also. So you probably saw a lot of the game so again. She, be reminded of it. <laughs> so, yeah, so um, she she started playing the game before the show um, premiered. Just because she had started hearing a lot of buzz about it. And she looked, one day she just looked through my bookcase and saw I had both uh, both editions of the game. Oh, yeah, and it was also, I had actually bought through the remake as well. I had started playing it myself. And then she pretty much just usurped it and started playing herself. And, and I never played it again. I just started watching her play it. Um, but to Mark's point about, um, you know, whether they would possibly be a little reticent to remain faithful t- to adapting the second, the, uh, the, 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 the second game, I would say this. It's one of the actual, you know, like, executive producers um who's very involved in in the making of the show is actually neil Druckmann, the the guy who you know created the game so one thing i like about that is you can't really bitch and moan right now i'm not saying any of you guys are but i'm just saying just people in general like on the internet can't really bitch and moan about like let's say the bill storyline or anything that was added because dude it's literally the creator of the game who's adapting this. And he has said in interviews, you know, just for things that are have been added that weren't in the game, you know, these are things that with time that has gone by, it's not so much telling a different story, but really telling almost like at times a different, you know, some things are different, but then also just in addition, in addition to the story, you know, things that maybe they just didn't think about back um back what 10 years ago when he was probably creating the story um and i don't think they would have have any issue adapting the second game mainly because of the the bill episode from from this past season um i have to assume that when they decided to do it that way they had to have known there's going to be a large segment of the population well not large segment but of vocal segment of the population who's gonna have uh, an issue with that episode and neil Druckmann probably just said yeah i don't give a fuck about that this is the story i want to tell and to that point i have to assume he is gonna 
have that same type of mindset when it comes to adapting the the second game. They're like what? Are still like two years away from the next season, probably. They said, they said it might be a while that um, the second season might not premiere until end of 2024 or start of 2025. Okay, and it takes a while sometimes, guys. People have been patient. It takes a while for it to make put put good stuff out. Um, yeah, I just really liked it. I, you know, some of, I think I agree with some of Mark's criticisms because um, I thought we were going to get something out of uh, the her, I don't I don't know the character's name, but Melanie Linsky played her, who's been good yeah. in other stuff, and I kind of thought we were going to get more from her because I remember you're like, man, they really give a reason, and I'm like, oh, surely that's coming, and then they really didn't. She was gone before we got that. I felt that was a little like rushed that part of it. Um, the second to last episode, uh pretty fucking badass the whole thing and dark and when they submit this thing for an emmy that's the episode they're going to probably use actually what am i kidding they're going to use the wrong one three yeah oh yeah three yeah yeah um maybe you can do maybe you can do one for writing one for directing or something for writing you know maybe the other one i think Uh, they definitely get they definitely get an emmy for um um what is it a guest star in a like guest star in a limited series, I think. Yeah, I don't is, think that would be it. Is that for for, uh, for Offerman or the other guy? For Nick Offerman. For Nick Offerman. The other guy was good too, man. I forgot that. They actor's name. they love they love giving Emmys and Oscars to straight dudes who play gay dudes. The other guy may be straight <laughs> too, though. Side scoop. <laughs> the other guy might have been uh, straight too, though. No, the other yep. No, the other dude's gay. Who is he? He, I know he, he was, was in White Lotus, on right? that show. Yeah, he was on that show, White Lotus. Mm, That's okay. all I know from. Same. But, uh, yeah. Man, sometimes, sometimes it takes a while for a show to put out on the season. It is what it is. Be patient. Be happy. It's good while you watch it, stuff, man. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Bob, like, part two is... I, I, I liked uh, part one, like, the game, a lot. I, I did think the story was not, like generic but it was it was was kind of straightforward like they Mm -hmm. had a very clear mission they were going for and things happened along the way and then the ending was impactful like part two honestly like i think some people like to like poo poo it and stuff but like it it fucked with my like it it worked i think it either it either works for you like you get sucked in hook line and sinker and like you, you as the player, and I think this is what's going to be tough. You as the player fall into the same traps that the characters in the game do. Where like I'm, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, f that person. Like, go ahead and kill them. And then later you're like, oh my god, like the lesson they're teaching me, hey, I fell hey, into. Hey, hey, Mark, 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 Mark. I'm, I'm not like, just ki- killing the character. Is not that's I'm, be, I'm, I'm not saying anything. That's all careful. I'm Okay, but like the yeah, but it if it works for you. Like it, it hits really hard, and I almost wonder if I think that is going to be tougher to do in this medium. So if they can pull it off again in season two, like really big kudos to them. But I think they need to take a lot of time. They you need know, to man, figure out exactly how to tell that story correctly. I think when it's really done well, like when it was over, I was just like, if they didn't want to come back, I'd be like, man, good job. Sure. That, yeah. I had that. I had that feeling also with Watchmen when season one of Watchmen was over, and, and I was just like. You would do whatever you want here, guys. But you, mm-hmm. you know, you know what's funny, Bob, is that that's how I felt. I think a lot of gamers felt when they announced they were doing a Nether Last of Us. Uh-huh. It was like that was such a good and like a good 
solid thing you created and you wrapped up and it kind of just worked in and of itself. It's like, we don't need to go back there. And it's also because at that same time, they've done three Uncharted games. I've started to feel a little similar and a little samey. And it's like, you know what? It, just do something new dude, and different. It's so hard cool. in an era we in the world we live in where it's so expensive a lot of times to put out what you want to put out and you have to get a return. And a lot of decision-making is done based entirely on the bottom line. And it's not necessarily mm -hmm. wrong. You people running businesses, it's, you know, it's right. Run. And like, you know what? But sometimes a guy just like fucking props to what's his. That's why I said like when what's his name, I compare it to Watchmen because like when what's his name and when Damian Lindoff yeah, was just like, done. I don't got another one in me. I don't have a yeah. thing. And everybody, and, and you honestly, need to. dude, it literally ended on a, on a cliffhanger, that thing too, on some yeah. level. I was just like, but when over, I was just like, okay. Remember yeah. Steph asked I mean, me, like, do you think it was this or that? And I'm like, I think it was that. And then that was it. And I was just that, happy. That, yeah, <laughs> it really j just that all that all being said is like as a fan of the game, um, I didn't need a part two. I wasn't like excited for it. And then at the end of it, I was like, man, they needed to do part two. This was I mean, I had, you know, I was very judgmental at top. Like, OK, what are you going to give me? And like they gave me something so special. And I think this is falling into that same trap where like everyone likes this isn't the last of us, you know, I think it caught on more so than just people who played the game and let's see how season two comes out because like that was divisive. Right. And like people that liked it, loved it and think it's like, it's maybe some of the best storytelling in video games and other people just absolutely fucking hated it for any number of reasons, whether they're valid or not. So it, I think they're in an interesting position again, where they really exceeded expectations on this first one. And then the second one's going to be, difficult and i agree with mike you know i don't think neil Druckmann is going to pull punches and be like oh well i want to make this more accessible to everyone i don't want to like <clears throat> put anyone off so i'm going to change my vision i feel like he's going to go at it again and i would not be surprised if season two is also very divisive where you have people that really enjoyed and think what they did was masterful and people who think it was like do, lazy do you not, or sloppy do you think or would like because i feel like it's not specific to the gaming community and I'm not like as active online with some of the stuff, but like I see the fucking online gaming community, you know, I see the online mm -hmm. MMA community. I see the online, whatever wrestling community. And I don't think they're all universally really right wing or, I mean, I'm right wings. I'm not trying to make it political, but like a certain way, I, I do not think they're all in one direction. These communities, the online part, I don't think, I, but I do feel there's a lot of um, echo chamber in a lot of online sure. communities because I feel like they're still talking. They're talking about the same like things, you know. And do you think that maybe like it's gonna have the same reaction, like that the game did? Because a lot of you are like a lot of you are talking about the online experience. Yes. You think it'll be the same even with the TV audience? You think? Yeah. Well, I guess, uh, I guess the we're also same... measuring. I guess you also measure them on the online reaction too. But yeah. <laughs> so the same reaction that was had with uh, the season finale um, for 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 Last of Us. It was basically the same um, conversation that was had, what, in 2013, 2014, mm -hmm. when the game was first released for the PS3. Okay. I don't, was it bad? I don't, honestly, I I don't consume enough reviews. I was just like, well, I kind of... It was also probably a lot more subdued uh, back in 2013, because it was still just a video game. I remember seeing some so. of the stuff, because I think I know like some of the season two stuff just based on existing on the internet. And some of it, I'm just like, people just... Some of these people just don't like women. It just seemed like at times. I don't know. There's some of that. I felt like a lot of it going on too. I'm just like, you guys just got a real problem with women in general. That's just the internet, isn't it? They don't like women. Across the board. Um, all right. Um, 
And that's it for Last of Us Talk for now. Anybody got anything to say before we move on? Uh, I, I got one more thing outside sure. of Last of Us because I know you guys want to do WrestleMania. Well, I was going to say, do you um, want to do Mike? Do you want you and me just have that to talk about Mania? Do you have anything else you wanted to mention before we do that? I'll get Marco, but if you have anything else. Two two quick things. Okay, um, you go, then Marco, and then we'll do Mania. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, so um, after three years of procrastination, I'm likely actually going to be starting a restarting a D&D session with a friend of mine after about 20 years uh, away from the game. And with that said, it's uh, really piqued my interest in actually diving into the Critical Role campaign. Um, I'm about 24 episodes into the first campaign, uh, which (laughs) was adapted into uh, the first two seasons of Legend of Vox Machina. Uh, So that's the first one. And then the second is um props to this uh graduate from kyoto university this uh this past uh this past week who went to his graduation uh ceremony dressed as ukrainian president vladimir Zelensky. okay i did not think that's what that was going but i like it so what uh, what you're probably wondering is why the hell did he go dressed like that uh, Japan is a very um, buttoned-up place, and pretty much at any graduation, you know, um, junior high, high school, and university, you're gonna go in a very smart suit. Well, Kyoto University is slightly different. For their for their graduation from university, they tell the students, "Come in whatever you want," and when they mean whatever you want. They mean whatever you want. There have been people there that have gone dressed as inflatable T-Rexes, as Kratos from uh, from God of War, uh, just to give uh, just to give a few. And uh, this guy decided that he wanted to go dress as uh, Vladimir. Is it Vladimir Zelensky? Well, the Ukrainian president, because he really admires him and how he has fought to to keep his his country. Uh, together and he also thinks he looks kind of like president Zelensky. so he actually spent the last four months growing out his goatee to really put the look together which i applaud that type of dedication um to the bit right on marcus what do you got uh yeah last week um the remake to resident Evil 4 came out um and it was interesting because they had recently in the last couple of years remade Resident Evil 2 and 3, which were especially 2 was a game that people have wanted to make remakes for for a really long time. You know, these are PS1 games that did not age very well. So kind of bringing them more up to date and kind of revitalizing, you know, how they play and stuff. I think a lot of people thought was necessary. Uh, Resident Evil 4 was really the game that kind of bucked the trend and it was the evolution of that series. And I mean, honestly, it was kind of the birth of a third person shooter um, over the shoulder camera and stuff like that. And compared to those other games, it hasn't aged nearly as bad and is often considered to be, you know, easily one of the best games of all time. You know, I think when people talk about like their favorite video games are the best games ever created, um, you know, Resident Evil 4 gets thrown out a lot. So to remake it was going to be a tough task. And I think a lot of people, including myself, was kind of like it didn't seem necessary. I've only played probably about five hours 
um, so far, and I think it's excellent. I think it's stellar. I, you know, I didn't, I did not have really high expectations because I mean, not only is this a game that I think has aged pretty well over the years, even though like it does have its quality of life things that it needed to improve on, and this game does, um, but it's also been re-released again and again and again and again and again. This originally came out on GameCube, then it came out on PS2, came out on Wii, PS3, 360, PS4. I mean, every system has a version of Resident Evil 4, the original one that you can play. So it didn't seem like this was not a game that was like hard to play. You know, Resident Evil 2 was only on the PlayStation 1. You know, it didn't have a lot of re-releases. I think it was on N64 as well. Um, but Resident Evil 4 didn't, didn't fall into that. It's, it's a game that's easily accessible, you can play it basically on any system, Switch including your PC, of course. Uh, so it it, it, it kind of begged the question, like, why remake it? You know, what what's what can you really add to it? And adding to it, I mean, it definitely plays a lot better. It's a lot easier to control. Um, you can move and aim, which was kind of a big gripe when the game first came out. That like when you aim, you're kind of stationary. But it really has proven itself to to be warranted of the work and the price tag that they're asking for again i haven't put a ton of time into it but like the amount of small details that they put into the game i think have been very impressive so far and the more i'm seeing what people are able to do with kind of like attempting to kind of break the game in its own rules um and being able and the game being able to react to that organically i think has been really telling and i think you know it came out with a demo, which back in the day when it first came out, it came out with a demo where you kind of are in this village and you kind of have to survive for so much time until this church bell rings. And I think a good example of like them paying really astute attention to the details is I, I saw today that when you do New Game Plus, you can bring all your weapons over, including a sniper rifle, which you don't have in that early part of the game. And you can actually, in that village part, you can aim at the church bell and shoot it and make the bell go off earlier than it would and then that part kind of cuts early and there's just a ton of little details like that throughout the game and just little animations um to make everything just kind of scream 2023 instead of you know 2005 and it has definitely worn its price tag and it's awesome scores too i think it has like a 93 on metacritic um you know tens across the board from a lot of publications um yeah and and again like it was and it was a game that I was like, okay, it, it's doing really well. I'm going to, I want to try it out, you know, because it is all the scutter, scuttlebutt right now in like the gaming community. Um, and even then, didn't really have like super high expectations, but there's something about like actually playing that game that feels really good. The gunplay feels good. You know, when you shoot, you know, these villagers in the head and can do a melee attack and just everything just kind of works and kind of just gels together really well so yeah kudos to capcom again um they've really been hitting their stride recently um there's a lot of hype for street fighter 6 coming out later this year um and again like yeah i just didn't didn't have super high expectations for it didn't really care much about re-releasing doing a remake of resident evil 4 but like again it's it's been fantastic i've really been enjoying it so yeah there you go i was at gamestop the other day um, selling just some old games after doing some spring cleaning and I saw that Resident Evil 4 was about to come out and the guy was like hey do you want to you want to pre-reserve it it comes out in like three days to which I told him I bought Resident Evil 3 like six months ago and I still haven't even opened it so 
I've got some catching up to do. Yeah, and, and apparently three, there was a Resident Evil Two remake. I didn't even know that. The two remakes really good. Three was all right. A lot of people kind of felt like it was kind of. Um. Yeah, and if you have other games, I mean, wait. Four will go on sale, and it'll be totally worth it when it does. But like, I've really been super impressed. Um, and, and this game, it, it kind of for me personally, like survival horror games can be a little bit of a sticky widget because. I get nervous about screwing myself over with like, oh, did I use all the ammo? Now I can't beat the game or I, I've saved myself into a scenario that I can't win. But like Resident Evil 4 is where they kind of started leaning more action. They expect you to have to kill a bunch of these guys. So they're going to arm you, you know, with enough bullets to do so. And I think that kind of just play placates better into like how I like to play games where Resident Evil 2, I was, I was like, oh man, like maybe I shouldn't kill this zombie. Maybe I should try to dodge it instead because I want to save my amus- ammunition or whatever. But yeah, for uh, Resident Evil 4, um, I'll probably talk about it when I wrap it up in a couple weeks or whatever. But like, yeah, super impressed with it. Super pleased. Right on. Um, PS5 only? Yeah, this is one of those games that is, is PS5 and the new Xbox only. So you can't play it on PS4 um, or the older Xboxes, which I think is, is at this point, is kind of what we want. I'm kind of tired of games having to placate to the older software and having to kind of skirt around limitations for those systems where this one doesn't have that. Like, it, it visually looks fantastic. You don't have to worry about weird loading. Because I was playing the, the new God of War and every now and then it's like, oh, you have to like kind of creep through, through like a, a tunnel or walk really slowly. And on the older system, that's how they hide loading screens, right? It's like, well, you don't want to have a loading screen, but we'll make you kind of like walk through this tunnel for a second while we load the next thing. It's like the new systems don't need that. So I, I don't – you can just – it feels of an older age where it's like, okay, I have to like – I'm going to have a little slow section here and we're going to crawl through a tunnel or something – um, while the game loads the next level where it's like that's just a limitation of the past um, and having it be a new system like think snappy it loads pretty much instantaneously and you don't have to worry about a lot of those things so yeah L- listen to this man this ivory tower oh yeah fuck these people with their low, I mean, low with their no ps5 lives before, before you don't i didn't care ps4 is like oh i, I don't because people would always complain like oh they're gonna force me to walk and talk here and it's like just keep going i was like i don't mind dialogue an exposition you know but now when you when i'm starting to play like these games on my ps5 i was like okay i know you're just hiding a loading screen and it brings me out of it more because i'm like okay I, I know this is a limitation of the soft of the hardware from last gen that's holding back my experience here so yeah ivory tower i guess you know but you know we're moving forward so i'm i want to see current gen games so yeah um mike it's wrestlemania WrestleMania week. It is I WrestleMania know. week. There are something like two. I'm just make pulling a number out of my ass, but I, there's an insane number of wrestling events taking place in the greater Los Angeles area. Every promotion, not called AEW, is running a show um, in Los Angeles, and even AEW is running Ring of Honor. Because wait, like this weekend? Yeah, that's what they do. It's a whole thing. It's like a wrestling festival for these people. Because all, all the wrestling fans are, there's 60,000 wrestling fans going to this or whatever. They got any stuff to do when they're there, Mike. How about going to more wrestling? So, um, yeah. Um, 
So Fight Circus isn't the only show in man and show going on this weekend, man. There's other wrestling. Um, but WrestleMania, um, the biggest wrestling show of the year. Um, just real briefly, I wonder why this is the biggest wrestling show of the year is because this is the show that made made WWF, quite frankly. Um, the first WrestleMania show headlined by Hulk Hogan and Mr. T taking on Roddy Piper and uh, Bob Orndorff with um, we had or Paul Orndorff, sorry, Paul Orndorff. Um, we had Bob Orton out there with them. Muhammad had Muhammad Ali as a referee in the back and down there. We had Liberace as a ring announcer. It's a lot of stuff happening. And this is kind of where this whole thing happened. It was the first big event. It is what, why Vince McMahon is maybe the greatest promoter that's ever existed. Period. Is WrestleMania. Bob, Bob Orton, Randy Orton's dad. Yeah. Cowboy Bob. Oh yeah. His dad was all, that guy's dad was also a wrestler. Randy's third generation. He's like rock. Uh, or like the rock my bad um so yeah this is their big event and um it's was the biggest money even making making event for them normally not counting Saudi actually that's not true anymore with those Saudi Arabian events but is it is their big event it is people who aren't wrestling fans check in for WrestleMania they check in for I think WrestleMania and Royal Rumble are the only ones to be honest but really WrestleMania people will watch WrestleMania who don't watch wrestling at all. Um, they're doing another two-day event. I hope th- I don't know. If they- I don't know why they would stop um, because it's two days of ticket sales. Why the fuck wouldn't you stop? Um, you know, just saying. Um, but they're doing a two-day event again. This is happening at SoFi Stadium. It was supposed to be at SoFi t- COVID year 2020 was supposed to be at SoFi, um, and obviously that did not happen. That WrestleMania ended up taking place in their warehouse. And then in 2021 WrestleMania, state of Florida didn't give a fuck and said, fuck it, have an event, have the event here. Put 40,000 people here, no problem. Um, so now here we are. Um, I was honestly looking to see if I could find odds on WrestleMania, Mike. I'll be honest with you. Trying to see if I can put find betting odds for WrestleMania so we could talk about it as we went. Um, might be a, uh, might not be happening. But all right, um, I guess there's a lot of matches. Do you have the card in front of you too? I do not, no. Okay, we'll try to pull that up here. Um, This main event of the second night of WrestleMania, which is the actual main event, is Roman Reigns, who's been world champion for two and a half years, I think. Ballpark, two and a half years, I want to say. I Uh, believe since SummerSlam of 2020. Okay. That's one of the titles. Then he won the other one like a year and a half after that or a year after that. Um, Defending that championship against Cody Rhodes. Um, It's one of two matches, I think. I actually kind of know what's going on here storyline-wise. So this guy's about to lose the title to Cody, right? Like, this is a... This is happening. I I gotta assume so. Um, Also because I've heard some reports of... Roman wanting to take, uh, planning to take a long break after WrestleMania, and I gotta assume that only happens if he's no longer champion. Yeah, um, and also I think from a business point of view, it looks really good that if they, this guy comes over from the other company from AEW, even though he is one of theirs, they did train this man to wrestle um, entirely. Um, but even if he does come back and it shows that they treated him well and he became, you know, he took down their champion, that'd be a big deal. 
And yeah. he seems fucking over, man. He seems all kinds of over, man. His style of wrestling is very over with the WWE crowd. His, his whole character is super babyface. Um, and I think it's going to be good, though. I think this will be... They're going to go good 20, 30 minutes, I think. And uh, he's going to have to hit him with like three finishers to put him out, I think. Um, the other big match, Usos versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. They put out a two-hour video, two video on YouTube, Mike, the entire Bloodline story. I think that's pretty much all you need to watch to get ready for WrestleMania. <laughs> Is that... I, I feel like... Is that enough time or not enough time? Well, <laughs> no, well, no, I don't think so. I think two hours probably isn't enough. Uh -huh. But I still feel, even though I, I do like the prospect of Cody win winning... It does still feel a little empty for me, mainly because that means Sammy's not going to win it. And I felt like Sammy winning it against Roman, I feel, would have been the better story. Seems like they transitioned to the more of the Sammy being the Sammy and Jay part of it, um, and Sammy and the Usos part of it, that transition there, and Kevin and Sammy's relationship. I don't disagree with you. I thought that was awesome. That whole pay-per-view they did in Montreal, that was so cool. All of it, I would have loved for Sammy to win. And I think also, like, me and you, like, I don't know. Do you think how many people watching now are watching it? I mean, I know there's a lot of overlap on some level with the wrestling fans, but, like, yeah. a million people watch wrestling on Wednesdays and, like, two or three watch somewhere between two and two and a half watch the WWE shows. Mm -hmm. Maybe these people did miss this man. Like, he, maybe they weren't watching while he was on TNT. Maybe they didn't see Cody, this version of Cody. Or maybe, I don't know. Because, but it's not like because he didn't. We don't watch the WWE product, you and me, generally. I mean, hell, I watch one hour of AEW. I watch the second half of Dynamite. That's what I watch at this point. Uh, uh, I normally, yeah, I normally watch Dynamite and maybe an hour of SmackDown. Yeah, normally. honestly, Monday Night Raw not happening. We have a podcast for me, and it's just I'll just see highlights and stuff I need to. But I think maybe just it seems like no one's complaining. I have the same thing. I have the same feeling you do, but it seems like nobody else seems to have that. So I think like they got him there. They got the crowd and ready to accept it. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. I'm not complaining about mm -hmm. Cody versus Not Roman. complaining, but I see there's better. We, we wanted Sammy. You know, we're Sammy people yeah. also. We, we were on board with the Sammy gimmick before it was cool to be on board with the Sammy gimmick, man. All right. Sammy, with, that match with the jackass guy with Johnny Knoxville was like, it's like a five-star match, man. Sammy did God's work in that one. He got body slammed by Wee Man. Um, that, by the way, this should be the main, other main event, this tag title match. Like, honestly, let's not kid ourselves. But I do wonder if they want to. I think they want to separate the two nights, too, though. Like, of, of them, because like, the Usos are going to lose those belts, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think you do that second. You do that the night before. Headliner yeah. for night one is Charlotte Rhea. I think that's the rumor. My understanding is, again, the only stories we know are the two we mentioned already. I'm understanding this, nobody gives a fuck. To be honest, you know what I think should be? Like, it's it's going to be one of the championships, right? Uh. But you know what I think should be mm. the headliner for night one? Huh. And it's a storyline you said, oh, well, like, you know, people only care about, like, Roman and and Cody and then, you know, the tag team match. Well, I said that's one, no, I said oh. that's one I know. That's what's important oh, you, to me. There's another one you know. It's, it's also the one that's been, I think, one of the most over besides sammy and and the roman thing huh. the fucking mysterios bro oh yo 
Dominic has been killing it for the last few months. Yeah. His angle of like deluded, like it seems like, you know, Mexican prison essay with his uh with his mommy Rhea Ripley Dude, has he, been he's, so over. So like the part I only I don't see a lot of it, but I see highlights. And then I also see that he's just him and Rhea are just dressed like Eddie Guerrero in China. Basically, they're just mirror imaging the China and Eddie Guerrero. And that was like, then I get old because it was 22 years ago, at least maybe 23 years ago, that gimmick. But like Vicky Guerrero today said that she wished she was part of it. And I'm like, yeah, me too. You got to find a way to get Vicky into that. I, I, I know it's getting late somehow because kayfabe Eddie Guerrero is his dad. That's the story. Like. <laughs> He knocked like he knocked up Dominic uh, Ray's wife when they were having problems or something. That's like kayfabe the story. It's like his stepmom Vicky in there, man. That's, that's what I'm saying. Okay, <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, I, yeah, it's true. They did a great job. I, is Ray gonna put his kid over? Though? I mean, did Ray like we want to see him get his ass beat? Ray's really gonna lose? I don't know. I don't think so. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, if Ray's gonna, I mean, why wouldn't Ray want to lose to his kid? No, but I then again, no, the I story think dictates the culmin- winning. Yeah, <laughs> the culmination of this story means Ray has to win. Yeah. Um, I also saw there's a Hell in a Cell match just in the middle of a WrestleMania. Yeah. That does not seem uh, Edge. Uh, Edge and uh, what's his name, Prince Devin? Oh, um, Valor. So is this like a real blood feud, or are we just doing Hell in a Cell for the sake of Hell in a Cell? Uh, you know, I mean, has it really warranted it? That's... No, I don't think so. But dude, hell in a cell, a... hell in a cell letter literally when we were kids used to mean the next step that these motherfuckers kill each other. Like that's, that's the next step after this. Like it is that level of blood feud was hell in a cell. You got like one every year or two. Well, I'm just looking at this card. Um, almost can't really work, right? Or is he okay? Uh, I have really haven't watched any almost fights. Um, I know I, he can I, rap. I, I saw him rap at Wally Mania last year. That was pretty cool. Well, that's uh, <laughs> that's that's not really you know relevant to this, but um, Where, I don't know. I don't know if he's got. I hope he's gotten better. Um, my understanding, and my only other thing I really like about WWE is LA Knight. Where's LA Knight on this card? Yeah, let me talk to you. Come on, man. You don't know LA Knight's gimmick? It's excellent. Yeah, I'm <laughs> he's over that, shit. I don't think. I don't think he has a match. Um, John Cena's wrestling. I read that he's going to be the first match of the night, too. Really? Well, yeah. look, you either want to be the first or the last match. That's, That's what the, Chris Jericho Chris Jericho knows, buddy. I, when, we were, when we were at the pay-per-view, uh, I'm sitting there with Drew and Drew. I'm just like, Drew. He's like, what? I'm like, five bucks, Jericho's out first. And he's like, of course he's going to be out first. I'm like, he knows, man. Chris Jericho's like, you want to be memorable. The fucking first guy out there or the last guy out there? <laughs> okay. Um, Cena, man, apparently he's got a break in filming now, so he doesn't fuck up anybody's insurance plans, so he can actually work a match. Um, be real funny if he won. Be real funny if John Cena just won the U.S. title, and just like on Raw defending it. They might do it for the pop, and then he loses it like the next night. But he like, he loses the back to Austin. Yeah, yeah, they've done that shit before, you know. Um, Logan Paul's gonna face Seth Rollins. Logan Paul, um, he's an asshole, but he seems like he's a very good prospect when it comes to wrestling. Extremely uh, athletic. Joe, I saw this thing with John Morrison, who I'm assuming got cut again, which is why I heard I, I gave the answer he did, where they asked him about Logan Paul. And he's just like, 
yeah, he's like for a guy with like uh, he's doing a really good job. And then the guy an announcer, the interviewer, tried to really gas up Logan Paul. Like, have we ever seen anybody in three for three matches be this good in his first three matches? And then John Morrison's like, have we ever seen anybody who rehearsed their first three matches as many times as this guy? He's like, and he's like, yeah, he's just you know, I've seen Shawn Michaels wrestle since I was five years old. Shawn Michaels, Logan Paul just did a Shawn Michaels impersonation very well because that's who taught him how to in person like that's who's working with him is Shawn michaels which i'm like i don't think it's even an insult it's just like this guy takes direction very well he's very athletic um mm-hmm. i fucking love that match with roman i thought it was awesome um kids got a pretty shitty buckshot lariat quite frankly i don't think it's great um i mean better than cm punk's i mean yeah the cm punk's one was terrible that's where it all went south man he looked old it all went south from there but um, you know, I I don't. I mean, he's gonna. He's not beating Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is. You can't do that to the internet wrestling community. Seth Rollins has got indie cred. You can't have indie. But you can't have somebody like him lose to Logan. But you can't have him lose to Logan Paul. All right. It's fucking Ring of Honor champion can't lose to Logan Paul. Be terrible. Um, Trish Stratus wrestling. Lita. Yeah, uh, Trish Stratus. Um, I think it's a uh, three on three. Trish Stratus and. Uh, the women's tag team champs, Lita and Becky Lynch against uh, Damage Control. Lita was at Hustlam last month. Where? Really? Yeah, real talk. She lives here. She lives somewhere around in like the Bay, somewhere around here. Like she was wrestling on Hustlam? I guess she was, she was like, a, I think she was a special guest. I don't think, you know, you're holding a WWE title. You can, but I know she trained to get ready. Was like, dude, she went to Stoner U, which is the, the school that the Stoner brothers run. Um, that was where she was using to get bumps and stuff, and you know, I mean, Shotzi they trained Shotzi how to wrestle, which doesn't. Oh, I mean, Shotzi tries to kill herself every match. Maybe not the best example. The thing is still the case with WrestleMania now these days, which wasn't the case when we were younger, was that there seems like a need to get every single fucking human being on the card. Yeah. Um, like I see these tag tie these tag matches where there's no title on the line, and each one just got eight people, and I are these all real tag teams? Like, a Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler seems like a real thing. And also, by the way, Ronda Rousey's just on a fucking tag title tag match for no reason in the middle of a show. Wow. They're definitely getting their money's worth there. Um, these real teams? Like, these don't seem like real teams. Is Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez a team? Like, Shotzi and Natty, Natty a team? <laughs> like, dude, dude, I don't know. Yeah. And there's a dude, there's a dude version of this, too. Um, but there's, like, three matches you, I'm, I'm, re- I'm going to watch. In this, honestly, right. the, the, I, I mean, I'm four, four. I'm, I like I the, Domin- the Dominic and Ray character stuff, but I'm like good now. Like, I don't really care about the match itself. <laughs> I just think like they did their job already. I'm happy with the I, story. I want to watch it because how often have you ever seen a father and son wrestle each other? Mm, Vince and Shane WrestleMania 17. Well, great match too. Real, re- real great. wrestlers. Yeah, that was a great match. It was a, a Shane <laughs> went coast to coast. We all lost our fucking minds, Mike. He jumped from one turnbuckle to the other. No one ever seen that shit except for Rob Van Dam. Uh, Gunther versus Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre. That's the third one I'd be interested in, actually, because I love Walter. And apparently naming him Gunther, as terrible of a name as that is, hasn't ruined him. That's good news. Um, But, uh, man, his name was Walter, all caps. What was the need to change that? Huh? Great name. Great name. They They sold a ton of tickets to this thing, by the way. They, like, filled up. So far, they got like sixty thousand each night. Um, that's pretty awesome. Um, so they're doing well, man. Uh, they're doing well, and hopefully, 
They get the $7 billion Vince wants for the company. Seems like a lot of money. Well, I'm looking forward to it. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, this show's podcast has been real long. And we and Mark listened to wrestling talk for far too long here. Uh, we're going to be back next week okay. where we are going to talk about and preview. Um, I feel it's... Is it me or there's a pay-per-view every, every, 20, every fucking other week with these fuckers now? I feel there's been a lot of pay-per-views. UFC yeah, 287. Um, Izzy Adesanya, Alex Bejeda, four, three, two, two, four or two. Watch us pick, many of us, a guy who lost the first three fights. Um, in our defense, he won four rounds of this last one. Um, Jorge Masvidal, Giver Burns, Adrian Yanez, Rob Font. That's a good fucking fight. Kevin Holland versus Santiago Puntanibio. Raul Rosas Jr. versus Christian Rodriguez. Uh, Kelvin Gastelum, Chris Curtis. Chris Curtis, real pissed that a child, as he put it, a teenager is on the fucking main card instead of him. I'd be pissed too. I'd be pissed too. Um, Michelle Watterson, our favorite heavyweight, Chris Barnett versus Chase Sherman. I like that one. We like Barnett. Uh, Cynthia Calvijo on the undercard. Um, Gerard Michard on the undercard down there. There's some stuff happening here, man. Michael Chiesa lost um, his opponent. Was supposed to be um, the Leech. That was gonna be. That was gonna rule. We all love the Leech now. Leech's popularity is at an all-time high, guys. Post uh, fancy suit, all-time high with the Leech. Um, but he got hurt, so Chiesa got no one to fight. Anyway, we'll be back next week. I was Doctor Law. That was Lavender Gooms, and that was returning DJ Mark. See y'all next week. Thanks. See ya. Peace. Peace. Kevin Lee tried to get Michael Kiesa to take a fight. He's fight again. Kiesa's like, like, that's just a totally different fight. No, I'm not fighting Kevin Lee right now. Isn't isn't Kiesa just like, yeah, man, I'm doing my broadcasting, bro. What's the fuck this fighting shit? Yeah, if guy gets hurt, okay, well, let me know when he's healthy. All right, just let me know when he's healthy. Um, all right. Thanks for listening, guys. Peace. Peace.